2: Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer. And I am Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts.
3: But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And we welcome you to this mini
2: episode where we hear from you, we share your comments and thoughts and answer your questions to the best of our ability. And
3: please remember, we are not experts. We are simply podcast hosts, and we always encourage you to seek support first and foremost from a doctor. And/or a mental health professional as needed. And if you would like to reach us, uh, to leave
2: us a voicemail or send us an email, our uh, voicemail number is 781 390 And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com.
3: And today on the show, we have a very special guest, a friend of the pod, returning a Forever Thirty er guest, uh, Mary H.K. Choi. Welcome, Mary.
4: Hi, I'm so excited. Hi,
3: we're so glad to have you back on the occasion of the publication of your second book, the YA novel Permanent Record. Um, And last year, your book, Emergency Contact, which we both Mm -hmm. loved, was a New York Times bestseller.
4: No big deal. I mean. It's very exciting. It's just like one of those fun existential things where I'm like, ooh, book two, what now? So (laughs) really. (laughs) But
3: how cool. Um, and yeah, so we're so excited that you were able to find the time to do this with us. And we are, yeah, let's just like, let's get right into it. Let's get into it. We're oh. gonna kick things off. Oh, we are. With someone
2: who supports Dory in her dislike of sheet masks.
3: Indeed. Okay, here we go. Hi, Kate and Dory. This
1: is Caitlin from Northern California. And I'm just listening to your most recent episode, and I wanted to just call in and say, Dory, thank you so much for admitting that you don't like face masking. I also don't like face masking, and I felt like I was the only person. I, first of all, hate a sheet mask. I think sheet masks are stupid. I think they're a waste of time and waste of money. And I've maybe found, like, one non-sheet mask. That is kind of useful, that, um, that Korean, like, watermelon one. Kind of like that one, but really, I just don't care. I, I like doing all sorts of other things. I have a wonderful, you know, nighttime routine and a pretty good daytime routine, but I just don't care about sheet masks. And I'm so glad that someone else feels that way. And it felt wonderful to have that validated on your, on your show. So, um, thanks so much. I'm almost to work. I'm driving to work and listening to the podcast, and I have Colin call in and say this very fast. So, thanks. Love your show. Bye.
3: Oh, uh, wow,
2: Mary. What's your feeling about sheet masks?
4: Okay. It- well, I'm just gonna weigh in because I kind of feel like a bad Korean. Like I'm gonna be like, <gasps> like I feel the fatigue. Re the sheet mask because I have so many of them. They're so convenient as gifts, and like anytime I go to Asia, I buy a slew. And admittedly, they just like kind of go rancid because I just don't use them, and that's not something I've ever been courageous enough to admit. So thank you, Dory, for giving me the power. Thank you, caller.
3: (laughs) Why I'm why I'm here. That's why I was put here on the earth, leading a movement. Yes, to help people live their truth. I mean, I still like a sheet mask, and that's fine. It, you know, I just
4: never think, ooh, like, I want to do a thing, and then that thing is ever, like, a sheet mask.
3: Exactly, Mary. <laughs> exactly. You never <laughs> want to put wet tissue
4: on your face for 20 minutes? Like, I know the point is that, like, y- you should be doing that and doing something else. But it's, like, usually when I'm doing that something else, which is, like, more often than not watching TV, I'm just, like, yeah, I just don't want to be, like, damp. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. But yeah, so that, that's all of us just living our truth. I, f- I do feel like I'm going to be like a last Korean for admitting to that, but <laughs> that's what it is.
2: So we're we going to transition with this next email from the face to the breasts. Okay. Uh, because I did share that I had scheduled my mammogram and a listener weighed in. They had just had their first mammogram and they offered some tips. So I'm going I'm to give them a read. Number one. They are very serious about you wearing no deodorant, lotions, powders, etc. Bring a little pouch so you can put on all your favorite beauty items in the dressing room afterward. Number two, this is the biggest one. Ask for a curved plate. It sort of cradles breasts rather than smash them super flat. I don't know if this works as well for smaller breasts, but it was much less painful than I thought it would be. Three, let the tech, nurse, or doctor know if you're nervous. They walk first-timers through all the time. The woman who did my mammogram was so kind, she even tossed my little medical cape over my shoulders and told me I was superwoman for taking care of my health.
3: That's so cute. That is really cute. I'd never heard of a curved plate. Me neither. So- Mary, have you had a mar- mammogram, may I ask?
4: You may ask, and I have not. And I... I am just real. You know, when people are like, How old are you? And you literally forget. Yeah. I'm experiencing that. And I'm like, Whoa, you're right. Like, I am fully in my late 30s. I need to be getting a mammogram. And so I think I'm going to get one, but I'm also just really fearful. But this is like demystifying the whole ask for a curved plate thing is great. You?
2: Yeah. I never knew this. And I do think it can be nice in these kind of situations, especially medical ones to just, I always, when I get my blood drawn, I always tell them I get nervous mm. because I get kind of squeamish and they're very kind. So I do think being upfront
4: with your fears, yeah. hopefully
2: you will be met with kindness and respect.
4: Totally. So great tips. Yeah. And actually on that, like I, you know, we talked a, bit, a little bit about like my binge eating last time I was on and yeah. since. I'm in like recovery for binge eating and like all my eating disorder dysmorphia stuff. And so lately, whenever I go to a doctor, I ask to be weighed um, with my back facing the numbers. Mm. Tell me how much I weigh. And they're really cooperative and they're really understanding about it most of the time. And then that way you just don't have to make, you just don't have to know the number that's going to make you crazy for the rest of the day.
2: Uh, I just want to tell you, i love this and i support this i also do it i had a conversation with my doctor and they put it into my chart so it's supposed to alert any anytime i go and it's supposed to say like i don't want to be weighed unless it's somehow relevant to why i'm there uh and it's really helpful and i i've i encourage listeners totally to explore that if that's something you're thinking about yeah ask use your voice Yeah, yeah, because it's your your health. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so and have you found just the act? Have you gone in and turned around and have them weigh? And have you felt that that's been a better way for you you to approach going to the doctor when they weigh you in?
4: Oh, totally. And it just doesn't derail my day. Like if I have to go and get weighed, like at 4pm, I'm not sitting there being like, but I had lunch and breakfast and I'm wearing clothes and I'm wearing different clothes. It just silences a lot of that math. That used to make me so, so um, just anxious and nervous and like resentful and angry about going to the doctor because it's, mm. and sometimes I will like, you know, conflate that resentment with just like being too busy or like really, really um, de prioritizing my health because of the, all those emotions that are like ancillary to me just getting a freaking checkup.
3: Yeah. I was, I had to go to the doctor recently to get a prescription refilled and they didn't weigh me. They took my blood pressure, but they didn't weigh me. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. There was no, (laughs) there's no reason to weigh me, but I just feel like that's now become so standard. Yes. You go in for a cold and they're like, we're going to weigh you. Yeah. It's like, why? 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 Yeah. Exactly. Dory? Yes. Shall we read? A long email? Yeah, we're going to switch gears again. Just the gears are switching all over the The gears are just turning everywhere. So we had chatted about hobbies and whether or
2: not we even have them, and someone wrote in... Hobbies versus side hustles. Yes. And this person wrote in because um, they said that our comment about hobbies for the sake of hobbies resonated with me. Last year, on a whim and a need to get out of the house, I signed up for a sewing class at our local Parks and Rec. Mm -hmm. I wanted to try my hand at making a dress for my daughter. I didn't know what to expect, but I was so pleasantly surprised by the others in the class, women my age, looking for an opportunity to get out of the house once a week and learn a new skill. And she said it was also around this time that a lot of my clothes weren't fitting me that well anymore. I would get so depressed going to stores and trying on clothes that just didn't look right or seemed to be made of cheap materials that clung in the wrong spots. So I decided to try making a T-shirt out of some beautiful organic bamboo jersey from a local indie fabric shop. There was a lot of trial and error, a lot of swearing. And although I could see so many mistakes, I managed to make something resembling a T-shirt. And after that, I became hooked. Sewing is not cost effective. It's definitely cheaper to go to Old Navy and get the same kinds of clothes, but sewing is a fun challenge for myself. I love being able to pick out beautiful fabrics and I'm proud when I'm wearing the clothes I've made. I love being a part of an amazing Instagram community that spans the globe and supports each other. There is no side hustle. It's simply a hobby that helps me be more mindful of my wardrobe, proud of what I'm creating, and allow me to focus on something other than all the anxiety going on in my brain. There's no pressure to do anything, finish anything, or be the best at anything. I think just doing something creative for the sake of doing it is such a joy, and I hope more people discover this. I love
4: this. I knew
3: you would. I I love it so much. Mary, do you have a hobby?
4: You know what? I also love this email, and actually, I'm like, I don't know, you know, I'm like busy on tour. I feel sort of like crazy because I'm like very selling a thing right now. And there's something about what she was saying about a supportive Instagram community where I was just like, what is that even like? Um, like, I, I don't have. You know what? I actually started doing. I started getting into tarot cards, mm. and it's really beautiful about it not having to do with anything. Yes. it's I don't share it. I don't really talk about it anywhere. And it's just for me. And it's like this meditative thing that I do for a few minutes in the morning or afternoon when mm-hmm. I'm feeling inclined. It's not monetizable. It's not like being graded by other people. It's not going to like gain you followers or make you lose, fo- you know, like all of that other like noise, quieting is just really nice. Mm-hmm. And doing something just for you that isn't you know, like a clout move is beautiful.
2: Yeah. Not a clout move. Not it's, a clout yeah, move. Yeah. I love that. And also not, not doing it for like Dory said, like a side hustle. Yeah. Just doing it. I'm not even sure what that feels like. I know. I'm I'm ready to learn, but yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But there's
4: um, also the barrier to entry of being like, Oh, what is the audience going to think? And mm-hmm. like, how is this to every, everything else? It's like, really sucks the joy out of like a lot of things that you might otherwise totally enjoy doing.
3: Yeah. I feel like people get hung up on this with writing a lot. And then they find when they're just doing like morning pages, which are like just for them, quote unquote, that they're able to write a lot. Yeah. Or writing fan fiction.
2: Yeah. I mean, mm. that, that is for an audience, but a different kind. It's not necessarily monetized and people yeah. are very freed in that.
4: Yeah, It's, it's community based. It's not just about like that excellent outline Mm -hmm. like you know just win over everyone else or whatever
2: yeah totally i would love to know what the sewing community is like on instagram too what are some hashtags yeah reveal yourself instagram (laughs) sewing community you sound so lovely you really do we want to we want to we
3: want to observe yeah um well let's take a short break okay
2: if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com/forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q u i n c e dot com/forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince dot com/forever35.
3: Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you the summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with honey love. Okay, we're back. And again, Another, a whole, a new topic to You're explore. Just, this is, we're weaving all over the place in this episode. Yes. Um, I'll read this one. Go for it. Do you ever fear that a dream will feel so lifelike and real that you wake up actually doing the thing you were doing in your dream? Something so mundane and normal like peeing. Well, it happened to me last night. I'm a 30 something year old grown ass woman and I peed my bed. I've always had this scary combination of vivid dreams and a small bladder and would say that with some frequency, I'm using the bathroom in my dreams. I've been afraid of waking up wet, but it's never actually happened until now. Thankfully, I woke up as soon as I started to pee and stopped myself before I had a chance to soak the sheets and mattress. But what do I do in case this happens again? I'm afraid to tell my partner because I know he'll be grossed out and I'm too scared to Google this problem for fear that I'll come up, quote, dry and not find any other adults with this issue. I should probably add that I'm very newly pregnant and can't help but expect my vivid dreams and bladder issues to only get more difficult to manage. Help. I have not peed my bed, but I do have
2: dreams where I am Peeing, and then and then wake up, and I have to pee so badly. Mm-hmm. So I, I've had that too in the dream. I'm like peeing yeah, yeah, and peeing, yeah. but the the feeling in my bladder is not going away, and I'm like, yeah. why is it not getting better? <laughs> and then I wake up, and it's and I'm about to you have pee. to pee so bad. Yes. So number one, I think that is totally normal. Yeah. Two, I would say this happened to this listener one time. Yeah. It's probably though. I understand why it has given you pause. I would say if it is a repeat thing, go see your doctor talk to your doctor. Yeah. But I feel like one time you were hev- like you were sleeping heavily You've, you're newly pregnant so pee and bladder stuff is all out yeah. of whack. It happened. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. And you know, you if you feel comfortable, maybe just let your partner know. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
4: I don't
3: think it's something to be embarrassed about.
4: I agree with you guys. As far as like telling the partner, I think that even like being too scared to Google it because you for fear that you're all alone. Like I agree with you that, I mean, I think that we've all been on that sort of like precipice of like, no pun intended of like, you know, getting up and being like, Oh my God, I really desperately need to pee and going. But I think that like, being fearful that this is going to happen again. And that sort of anxiety spiral can sometimes just like plague other things like sleeping period. And I think that just like, you know, you're only as sick as your secrets. And I think that like telling your partner and like being supportive and, you know, telling like a medical professional if it comes to that, I think Mm -hmm. all of that would be like such a huge weight off your shoulders and bladder.
2: Well, and I do think sometimes people do write in to our podcast because they are looking for someone, mm. looking for someone else to say like, "Hey, me too." Yep. And so, I I hope if another person's experienced this, they reach out to us so we can just let you know. Yeah. But I'm gonna guess you are not alone.
3: Well, let's move on to another question. Some skin, some skin stuff. Alyssa wrote to us, I recently turned 35
2: and will be getting married soon. My partner and I are having a very small ceremony this October and a big bash next October in 2020. I'd love to have a healthy, Clear, glowy skin for our middle of the woods ceremony, but have absolutely no idea where to start. I have oily skin, mostly on my T zone, and though it is generally clear, I tend to have a handful of tiny pimples on my forehead at any given time. I also have large pores. My morning skincare routine typically consists of washing my face with whatever body wash is on hand, parentheses looks down in shame, and using moisturizer and tinted moisturizer with SPF. I'd love to incorporate some new products and steps into my skincare routine but I'm not sure where to start. Please help. Okay. First of all, this is a no shame game. Okay. <laughs> you can wash your face with whatever there's, we are not going to shame you. No. So you washing with body wash. Cool.
3: Um. That being said, Mary, did you have thoughts on this? Yeah. Also, congratulations. Yeah. Like, I-
4: feel you on being worried about your skin and all that stuff. And I, I relate, but how cool you're getting married. And it sounds like, you know, it's, it the fact that you're splitting it up into two, like, sounds like there'll be like a really intimate thing, which is awesome. And then like a big fun thing. And like those two like degrees are, are kind of perfect because the intimate thing, people just will love you. And the big thing, people are just having fun around you. So I would definitely just like, be that person to be like, Hey, this is just a cool thing. And maybe exactly what your pores are doing and what like dilation radius they're at is like, you know, like ninth priority, maybe, but also Dory, I feel like you're the person who knows all the secrets. So,
3: (laughs) well, I did have some thoughts. Um, I don't know if, you know, this is secret level, but but I had some thoughts. Share these secret stories. Well, first I thought, here's what I thought you should, might want to try at night. Um, I would start with an oil cleanse or a micellar water. Or you could do both. You could do a double cleanse. Um, and then I would do a pixie Glow Tonic, which has 5% glycolic acid, And that'll be like a nice exfoliant and will help with those tiny pimples. And then I would maybe alternate that with a physical exfoliant, like the Acure Brightening Scrub. Then I would do an AHA serum, like the Ordinaries, which is like nine bucks. And on top, I would do an oil. Um, If you want to splurge, you could go for something like the Herbivore Lapis Facial Oil, which is a balancing oil. Intended for people with oily skin. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I have oily skin. Why am I going to add oil to it? But adding oil to your face when you have oily skin actually tells your skin not to produce as much oil. Yeah. And balances it out. It balances it out. So um that's what I would suggest. Some sort of routine like that. You don't I I think you don't want to go too complicated. Um and then I would also maybe do like the Drunk Elephant baby facial once a week mm. just to really like clear things up, you know? There's a, um, just because
2: you said Pixie Glow Tonic, there is a Pixie and Caroline Hiron's. I never know how to say Hirons. it. Hirons? excuse me. There's a Pixie and Caroline Hirons... Um, double cleanse that you Ooh. can get at target it's 24 bucks it has a cleansing oil and a cleansing cream i haven't used it i'm always tempted to buy it yeah but i have so many cleansers at home that i just can't do it but yeah. i have friends who use it and love it oh that's a and good that tip. that's a good price point. i like that and um it's part of their clean beauty it's paraben free
3: it's cruelty free that sounds great. And then for daytime, I would be really gentle. I don't, you know, I'm a proponent of not washing your face in the morning. Um unless you feel like really greasy already, like you feel like there's something you need to take off your face. Um otherwise, I would just like splash some water on it and if maybe put some misleer water on if you really feel like you need to like take something off. Um you say you're already using moisturizer. I don't know what you're using for moisturizer, but I would do a light gel moisturizer. Um, the I've talked about the Biosense Squalane and Probiotic Gel Moisturizer. It's great. Um, it's a little pricey, but if that's something you want to splurge on, I would say that's a good splurge. Um, And then I would follow that with your sunscreen. Um, And if you want to do a serum in the morning, you could always do like a vitamin C serum. Um, Drunk Elephant makes a C-ferma day serum. That's really nice. Um, And you can get Sephora cells um, like a little mini thing of that with another one of their vitamin B serum products. Um, So that's a good way to try and see if your skin likes it because vitamin C does make some people break out. You could also, if it's in your budget, get a facial. Yes. That might be just a nice thing to treat yourself with. Yeah. And And an esthetician might also have some recommendations and be able to like really look at your skin. Yeah. All right. Let's hear a voicemail uh, with a toner recommendation.
0: Good morning, Kate and Dory. This is Sam, your favorite Brooklyn rabbi, calling in. I am calling in as I am doing my morning moisturizer, so loving this moment. I'm calling in regards to um, the person who called and asked about what to do about toner. I use the Sayers Rose Petal Toner, and I think it's really, really, really great, and it's not expensive, and I just wanted to say about how much you put on or don't put on. I used to use a cotton pad from Muji. They have these amazing cotton pads. And I noticed a major difference in my skin when I stopped rubbing the cotton pad all over my face and instead of just pressing it gently in into my face. Although since then I have started using reusable bamboo pads for the environment. Um, and I still dab, um, and then I give it a minute to dry and then do my moisturizer, but I will say that I don't think it's as great for my face, but I guess it's better for the environment. Anyways, hope this helps. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day.
3: The pressing thing, I feel like it's something like Vintner's daughter tells you to press. Mm -hmm. I've now noticed I press my moisturizer in
0: too, Mm.
2: rather than like, I used to just rub everything all over my
3: face. Yeah, totally. Now I gently press. Um, Well, let's take another short break and we'll come back with another voicemail.
2: Only from Rustolium.
3: right, here we go with a voicemail about jealousy.
5: Hi, Kate, Dory, Lane, and Sammy. My name is Leah. I'm actually a Peace Corps volunteer, so I'm currently calling you from my village in Rwanda. Um... I called my grandparents earlier today, so I had some international calling left, so I thought I'd give y'all a call. Um, I was wondering, I'm a relatively new listener to the podcast, um, but I've been enjoying it. Definitely, um, it's nice to get a little dose of America, um, being in the the village so often. And one thing I've been thinking about recently as I'm preparing to leave, um, and a feeling I've had coming up recently is one of jealousy, and it's not one that I've heard y'all touch on on the show. I don't know. I don't really have a question specific, maybe just how you deal with jealousy. Um it, it I just have not it's something I've always dealt with and um the feelings have come up again recently and it's not something I know I, I've been able to find resources on. So I'd like to hear what y'all think about what listeners think about jealousy. Um, yeah. Thanks so much. Bye.
4: Ooh.
2: I mean, first of all, can we just say that a listener used their last bit of international calling to call the podcast? That I, is yeah, a compliment. It is. So that's really cool. Thank um, you.
4: I'm so petty or something because there's something so satisfying for me personally that someone could be in the Peace Corps and be like, I have issues with jealousy. I, I don't know why, but I'm like, mm-hmm. like that's so much more relatable to me. <laughs>
3: Peace Corps volunteers—they're just like us. They're still jealous. Yeah,
2: they're doing good in the world. Mary, just, do do you have thoughts I, on this?
4: I do. I have a lot of I have a lot of jealousy as a petty human being in 2018. <laughs> no, I mean, jealousy is so real. And the first thing I always do when I feel myself getting into that headspace is usually—and this isn't always the culprit—but the first thing I do is get off social media. Like if mm. I comparing my insides to someone's like very curated, highly filtered, perfect outsides for one second, it means that like, I can't get beyond that distortion field. Do you know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, I feel this way, but this looks that way. And if I can't square how that's not the same thing, then I need, I need a minute. I need to put myself in like an adult timeout for just a second.
3: Ooh, an adult timeout. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um what would you how would you kind of advise this listener to move forward? I mean, she might not even be on social media in Rwanda. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, um oh, You know, I think it's just really validating your own feelings in that moment. Mm. Like it it it's probably like I know in, from personal experience it's that I'm experiencing experiencing some fear or fear of inadequacy about something and so oftentimes it is you know manifesting as jealousy or wanting something that someone else has but I think a lot of the time it's a distraction for me just like doing the thing that I need to do like I know that if I'm having a really, really bad writing day, just as an example, like it's really easy for me to be more susceptible to feelings of envy for like other people's lives, no matter what they're doing. And I don't know it this, this varies for me a lot. Like I'm hardcore in therapy and I'm hardcore in like, you know, 12 step group meetings about this stuff all the time. And I think it's also just like forgiving yourself for having that feeling that feels so messy and yucky and, you know and just like gross and not you know transcendent and amazing um i think that there's some tenderness required as to how, what your mood is that day too like on just for first things first but what would you guys advise
3: i just love this idea of forgiving yourself for your feelings yeah and accepting them yeah that's so important
2: I I'm trying to think about if actual concrete advice on jealousy but for, for me it's more just that these are normal feelings that are not um they're never solvable. It's not like somebody solves jealousy and doesn't experience it anymore. Yeah. Or I mean I'm sure that person exists it is not me. I think jealousy is a normal sensation and understanding what is really at the core of it, you know, or just kind of examining what's at the core of it in a loving way can be useful, but also not, like you're saying, not being too hard on yourself for Mm -hmm. experiencing it because it is a part of human existence.
3: Yeah. And I do think acknowledging it and naming it is really important. And it sounds like you are doing that, listener. One thing I always have to remind myself is that a good, a good thing happening to somebody else doesn't mean
2: that it can't also happen yes, to me. Yes. It's, it's not
3: a zero sum game. Yes. There's not a finite
2: amount of goodness or success or accomplishment or whatever it is that I'm jealous of that in the world. And one person's gain does not. And
3: even if it is like a finite thing, like someone got the scholarship that you wanted or the prize that you wanted, um, I think there is a way to just like sit with those feelings and acknowledge them and say, it's okay. It's okay to be jealous of this person, but that doesn't mean that I am less than.
2: Yeah. And disappointment. It's also okay to allow yourself to yes. feel disappointment. As totally.
4: Well. Totally. And, and knowing that those feelings pass, you know, mm-hmm. like anytime you've gotten a really big thing that was covetable, like really think about how quickly you adapt to that too. And like, even like feelings of success or like joy, those feelings also pass. And then, you know, around the corner, you're like, oh, I covet this other thing again. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, all these feelings are pretty transient. But also this person is like, in the Peace Corps, like, you know, we all kind of know that uh, a high self esteem is through esteemable acts. And like, this person obviously does a lot of service. And like, even with that, knowing that, they experience jealousy is just like, you know, acknowledging humanity and like, that is just totally also okay.
2: Yeah. Going to go out on a limb and say, there's somebody who's jealous of you. Call, oh, caller sure. who weighed in on jealousy, sure. right? Like we're all jealous of each other. Yeah. Someone's feeling the same way we feel about us that we feel about them. Yep.
4: A hundred percent. Like I'm super jealous that you guys know so much about serums. <laughs> No, I like, I sit here and I'm like, I've read, I just need to go out and get the little like sample and use it and fall in love with it and just have a regimen. I need to do this. Um, Well, I'm super jealous. You've written two
3: amazing YA books. And why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your new book?
4: Okay. um, So Permanent Record is about, it's based in New York. And it's about this kid who's a college dropout named Pablo. And he falls in love with, a superstar mega pop star who walks into his bodega at five in the morning because he works the overnight shift and hijinks ensue. And there's a lot of jealousy in that too. And there's a lot of just like pressure and like what it feels like to be a part of youth culture where it feels like you are literally going to get killed if you aren't totally successful with like Ted talks coming out of your ears by the time you're like 23. So it's just about making mistakes and being allowed to make mistakes and like what to do after and how to learn. So yeah.
3: (laughs) I'm so excited to read it. I am too.
4: Congratulations. Thank you so much. And thank you for this. This is so soothing and great.
3: Yay. And Mary, where can people find you?
4: Okay. So I'm on online. It's Choi to the world, C-H-O-I to the world.com. And that's my Twitter and my Instagram as well
3: awesome well thanks again mary we're so happy to have you back
4: oh likewise i'm so happy to be here um and you guys have a great day
3: you too same to you bye